Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. What most people don't know is that this podcast is actually an opportunity not to share knowledge, but for you and I to figure out what we think on things. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, they always say like, if you don't, you know, if you want to learn something, you should teach it. That's right. So it's the same sort of thing. <laughs> but no, we've, we've definitely had the experience where we, we came into something with some vague ideas. And then by the end of the discussion, it's like, okay, yeah, it, it's solidified a little bit. But uh, so anyways, this one will be a little more free form, but around the topic of testing and, and more so when to test and why sometimes you might make what seems like a bad decision to delay doing some testing. Because th this is a decision, full confession, uh, we made on a recent project. We are adults. We did come back and fill out the tests, um, but, we, but we had some reasons for doing it. So I thought it might be an interesting thing to uh, discuss on the podcast today. Yeah. So to explain what you sort of did, uh, <laughs> we had a, a brand new project that we were rewriting an old project from um, and, you know, making some enhancements, making things better. Yeah. Uh, but there's a there's a significant amount of testing um, that happens throughout that entire process, whether it's unit testing feature and and user acceptance, right. you know, all these different things, because it's a brand new everything. Right. And and when, when, when you get, you know, contracted to rewrite something new, some of the stuff that was just OK for the old version or that would like was fine like that that excuse doesn't happen anymore so it's it has to be tested all the way through yeah and and the original version had no tests right so that, like it wasn't right. like we we're throwing away tests from the old system either well and when i say tests here I mean, you know we're using the same word over and over and over but i yeah. mean like fully tested as in like the users need to agree mm -hmm. on every single piece of functionality right. because you know sometimes people feel trapped by their old system you can only make it so much better where a brand new one well you could do whatever you want as long as you're paying the bill right mm -hmm. Good um, point. so in this particular case we're working with a client and we're trying to keep up uh some momentum of programming and one of the things about unit tests and stuff like that is um unless you're very 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 diligent and you only do test-driven development or whatever it can sometimes feel like a little bit of extra work Mm -hmm. Now, we've talked many, many times about the value of them and how we can't do a project without them. Right, right. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't feel like a chore when you're doing it, right? It's, it can, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were working this large project, and one of the things I remember asking you was, like, I'm like, I think I'm going to put off the unit tests <laughs> till, you know, two-thirds through, even further on for some of these things, because I just, mm -hmm. I kind of want to get these out the door and work through this and whatnot. And there was a particular reason why we did that. The reason was basically that we had so much user testing that was necessary mm -hmm. and we had so much unknowns about the project, yes. even though we wrote up some wireframes and some documentation, that some of these things wasn't worth testing unless we actually had the user say that this is a functionality I expected you to make, Right. you know, just in general. Whereas, right. you know, d depending on the client and depending on some, some of them can visualize stuff. Some of them need to have it vis physically in front of them. No matter what you do, they still won't be able to give you the proper feedback until they can touch and play with the thing. Yeah. And and so um, I, I think that's, that is probably the crux of the decision here. Cause you had started out talking about momentum and time, but in reality, we were making some improvements from our perspective to the the design of a feature or to the workflow that they they do as as some of the more common workflows in the system but 
we didn't necessarily have buy-in, even though we made that wireframe and we talked about it on a meeting. Like like you're saying, sometimes that it it just doesn't click in the brain. And so why why do all this extra work of testing when the answer might be, oh, that's not going to work. We gotta we gotta redesign this and, and do it differently. Yeah, and, and a, a side little tangent um, as a junior developer or a new developer. Sometimes you get this fear of not a fear, but just like an irritation or whatever. The client isn't getting it. You just want to get off the call. You just want to like, and, and I see people following this all the time. Like as long as the client didn't say no, they must've said yes. Okay. And that that's not always the case. Sometimes the client is like, this is just so out of my area. I'm feeling really anxious. I'm yeah. going to quote, trust you, but really I haven't agreed to anything. Actually, I don't feel right. like I have. And you can tell what that is. You can tell that feeling, I think, if you really pay attention. <laughs> sure. But it's just an irritating feeling as a technical yeah. person. So too many people, they just try to move on with it. Right. Um, where we is, we, we try not to have those situations. But if we are in a situation, this particular client was a little bit more like that. We try to get them something in front of them sooner than later so they can they, they can communicate to us in the way that they communicate. Yeah. And, and like if you can step out of that frustration for a minute, because I felt it. I, I could totally relate to that. It's like, ah, just fine. I'll just, I'll do what I think is best and it'll be, it'll be fine. Would you rather have that frustration in that, you know, surprise as a developer, like at the beginning of the project or at the end of the project, like now you're ready to ship it and then they finally get it. Like that's way, way worse. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree with you. Kind of suck it up, get through that frustration, try to actually make sure everyone's in agreement. Um, good tangent. I like that one. So that was one of our decisions then is like we recognize this particular client and setup is in this manner. So I, you know, I said to you, Joel, I'm like, do you have a problem with me skipping the test knowing that, you know, I'm going to come back to them and work on them um, and you might have to participate with some of them too. And you're like, that's fine. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So we did that. We, we wrote that. And, and now I still think it's the best solution maybe for this particular project. Yeah. But it's rarely ever the right solution for sure, a project. Right. Yeah. And, um, even though I still feel like it's the best, I feel it's, I'm like 70% certain it was the best. There, there's like, there's a very large portion of me that like, even though all the facts and everything are pointing that this was how we needed to do this, yeah, I still feel like maybe I did it wrong. Yeah, I, I can relate to that because it was, it is so counter to how we normally work. Like I, neither one of you strictly practice TDD where you, you write a failing test before you write a line of code, but we, we do strongly believe in testing. I think just kind of working against that ingrained habit and practice, even when you had some logical reasons to do it. Yeah, it did, it did feel a little bit like swimming upstream or like doing something forbidden or wrong. Yeah. So um, just to kind of wrap this up, you kind of started out saying that we we don't always know the answer to mm -hmm. what we're talking about when we start talking. Okay. Um, and that's kind of what I realized when I was explaining this as well as is when I first came to you as the reasons why I need to skip testing, um, I hadn't fully formulated that it was an audience related thing. I mentioned, mm. um, you know, um, momentum and things like right, that yeah. time, yeah. but that isn't an excuse. It was, it was the audience right. solely, I think. And I just, I just didn't know how to classify that. But once I had to explain it to you, what I was really thinking, because, <laughs> you know, when you work with someone too, you end up having a shorthand. And so you can say yeah. something and you're reasonably certain that that person has thought it through. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had to explain it longhanded here, it makes more sense that it was really just it had to do with the client themselves and what they right. how they wanted to work. And one last thing here is that uh, doesn't mean that client's bad. It's just a different <laughs> type of client. Sure. And yeah. it's just a, a, a different way to communicate. Yeah. And as developers, like I always say, we're in service. We, we build things for people. 
those people are important. And sometimes the way they communicate is different than how we do. And if it wasn't, then we wouldn't have jobs. That that's that's an excellent point. And and I, I think also just I know you're wrapping it up, but like in our defense too. Yeah, I, I thought I'd wrapped it up. What were no, you doing? I'm unwrapping it and I'm gonna rewrap <laughs> trying it. Trying to get the last word. No, no, but there there was um I, I just want to clarify like what we actually did. There, you wrote, first of all, you did write a bunch of tests. Like this decision was made partway through the project. And then there were quite a few to-do tests. We did that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the last thing, which I think wasn't necessarily the original part of the plan, but how it ended up being executed is I did come in and fill in some of those tests on features you had wrote. And it actually was kind of an interesting exercise, like, uh, you know, because we always do code review. So I maybe reviewed the code you wrote. But you, you mm-hmm. look at it with a different angle when you're coming there to write tests for it. So it was right. sort of an interesting exercise in terms of knowledge sharing and kind of spreading the knowledge of the system and even maybe more rigorous testing, having like a different person doing it. I don't know. There's just like some random ideas. Yeah. And now you have to try to wrap up that random tangent that I threw on you at the end. Good job, Joel. So the other morning I was uh, in the car driving somewhere and listening to the radio, which I try to never do. Um, but I, I thought about like how difficult or how weird it would be to explain to like a 15th century musician mm. what the job of a pop radio DJ is. Why did you pick would, 15th century? I just got it. Well, or, or just, you know, I, I don't know. I was just thinking like, okay. you know, back in the day when the musicians were good at their craft, but they could mm-hmm. barely like have enough money to survive and you know maybe they would go into court king's court and you know okay. th- this idea you know that maybe i've just watched the witcher too many times and i have an idea <laughs> that there's just traveling you know musical uh, people okay. but the point is it's it's you know kind of a hard job you mm-hmm. know they're talented and so you try to explain to them that okay well there's this this radio dj involved with music and they get paid pretty well and they're like oh so they play an instrument like i do oh well no they don't they don't play an instrument Oh, okay. Well, so you have your music on a thing I don't understand, a record or whatever it is. Um, and so they must put those on the thing like we used to do, you know, back in a you know, a couple of years ago. And they're like, well, no, these days they don't actually spin records, they don't have to touch the music. Oh, so they at least curate and pick a nice list of music. And you're like, Well, <laughs> some do, but for the majority, these are bought by the record companies for space, you know, on there. And they're like, Okay, well, um, so what do they do? Well, sometimes they just talk. And people call in on a telephone and they might run little scenarios like my my wife sees the bird's nest up. This is a real scenario. Sees a bird's nest by a security camera. And I want to, the husband said, I want to knock it down. And the question for today is like, is the husband a jerk? Oh, and people boy. were calling in saying whether or not he was a jerk for not wanting to have a bird's nest covering up a security cam. And you and you 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 finish explaining all this to you look at the, at that musician who has really like mangled hands from playing all the time calluses everything you say okay you say that's a job and they're like what yeah that would be a difficult conversation i i uh when you went with 15th century i was also thinking like the angle what if it was one of these classical musicians that um i'm trying to think of that guy there's like that one song that's like the root chords of like so many pop songs and be like and and d that's right yeah Yeah. and (laughs) you know half the songs rip off your chord progression <laughs> right yeah remember that you spend so much time learning and you got orchestras together and whatever now we just we hold two fingers on two strings we hit it really hard we run it through an amp really loud and that's a power chord on a guitar yep. basically it's just static and that's music <laughs> that's right 
Joel and I are proud of you. You're on your journey of being a competent programmer to becoming a confident programmer. And you do that by listening to this podcast, reading our content, anything like that. And we'd like you to get more of our content. We want you to be more confident. Head to masteringlaravel.io and sign up for our newsletter. We have a link on the homepage. page.